Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of. One that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! And welcome back to Joygasm. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and I'm here with my stupendous sibling, Steve. How's AKA- it going? Oh, my goodness. He's excited, folks. AKA Xbox Live. What is it, Steve? Stevovich. That is right. With a V, as in Victor, not a B, as in boy. <laughs> Have you been called the latter of the two, Steve? Every time I call somewhere, and they ask what one of my emails is. Mm-hmm. And that's part of one of my emails. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, what's your email? I go, oh, it's Stevovich at blah, blah, blah. And they go, Steve, what? Mm-hmm. Steve, who? <laughs> um, can you spell that for me? So I just spell it out every time. So, wait, who, who asked you for this? Oh, if I call the bank or if I call the. Oh, the trick is it's your email as well, isn't uh-huh. it? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, now Indeed. that everybody knows what your email is. Well, I guess they don't really know the extension, but you know, <laughs> don't. That's just deductive reasoning. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, this is episode four on this May 10th, 2017. Steve. Yes. Mm. How's it going? I'm good. Are you good? How are you? Are you great? I don't know if I'll go that far, Russ. But then again, I'm critical. Huh. How are you? Oh, I'm. I must say, I'm downright saucy, Steve. Saucy. I like. That's the way I like you. Oh, that's right. That's right. Have you been uh, playing anything new? Watching anything new? I watched some stuff that was new, and uh, no, I have not played anything new. But I will tell you. No, you not, won't. You won't. Tell I, me. I'm telling you right. You now. will not. You, if you would listen to me. I'm telling you. <laughs> I could say. So, part of my routine, as you know, mm. is Overwatch. 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 And so I decided to do a little competitive play. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I went from a bronze or copper or whatever that is. The, the lowest one is copper. I was at the lowest one. Mm. I ain't that good. I just love to play. I, uh, I feel your pain, Steve. So, I went to silver. Really? I did. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. My and, goodness. I'm and, sitting with a silver player. He's moving on up. And I, at first I was playing with folks who just didn't get it, as you well know, mm. as a lot of people well know. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Mercy. 
And I love playing Mercy. Yeah, you haven't played Mercy in a while, actually, at least when I've played with you. Right. So I was playing Mercy, and some of us start, were just really playing well together, and we started, like, linking up. So I, I went to the, the following game. We lost the first game, but I went to the following game with another person. Mm-hmm. And then we got to three people, and we won those two. And then the fourth game, someone else had carried over from the following game, but that didn't link up with us. Mm-hmm. And he gets on the microphone. No one, none of us are speaking right now. But someone, he gets on the microphone, and he goes, "Oh, Stevovich, oh man, <laughs> you're like a mercy god. I'm so glad I'm with you." And I'm thinking, I, this guy's talking through my TV. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I, you know, I got on the mic and I was. Uh, we started talking back and forth between um, his bong hits back. <laughs> It's yeah. like one of those, but yeah. he was totally cool. And uh, so then we won that match. He was really good at Roadhog. Nice. And then, uh, so then some other people got on and, uh, or we linked up with them. And we, for, for, sooner after or later, that we got five people uh-huh. and we were winning and winning and winning until we just got tired of winning. I mean, we only jumped little points here and there. I don't know how the whole thing's rated, but. Was it big league, Steve? It, it's to me, it was big league, mm. and some other people said, "I just recorded you. You you play in mercy." Were you used to just? You weren't used to so much winning. I wasn't used to so much winning. Mm. And but I mean, like I said, someone recorded me. They really? Were, yeah, they recorded me on their Xbox, being mercy, healing everybody, and oh, doing wow, my thing and everything, that. resurrecting, whatever. Nice. So um, someone was giving you some kudos, right? That's that's really cool. You know, I I have never played on competitive mode with. Um, other people linked up. I've always just kind of lone wolfed it. And I actually was under the impression that um, you had to, you actually had to be a lone wolf in order to get through those competitive matches. Like, are you, are you still going through the whole check mark process where you have to play 10 games and then, okay. Negative. That's, that's only with the season. I think, so I'm out of season right now, but you can still adjust, I think the score. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah it it that, keeps going like right. that. See, I'm still in that thing where I've, I always go up and down. I, I win one, I lose one. I win one, right. I lose one. And so I'm getting green check marks with red X's. And I think in, the, in this current season, I'm. it's like I can if, if I win one, I'm pumped. I want to play it again. If I lose it, I'm like, ah! And yeah. I just go to quick right. play or arcade or whatever. It's pretty funny, though. You know how Road, Roadhog uh, has his walk or his prance yeah. or his swagger? I'm uh, a one-man apocalypse. Yeah. So this guy, so you can see him walking, right? Kapong, 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 waddling kapong, over kapong, to you. Wall, yeah, yeah, running around. Well, imagine the waddle with the the, the stoner voice, right? So <laughs> and you, you can see Roadhog's face with like the pig mask and his, and his belly and the tattoo over his belly button, right? Right, right, right. And, uh, and the chains, like you know, shaking every, with every step. Mm-hmm. And so he's, yeah, we're gonna totally kick it. Uh, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. I actually remember when we were playing last night, I believe, and um, I was actually getting thrashed by a roadhog as well. And uh, that guy, every time he killed me, he just had to do the teabag. It was every time. And he he was very vigorous about it. And, and it was just kind of odd because I was diva. And so I was just laying there motionless as he just kind of squatted on top of me. The D-bag works best with roadhog and with Winston. <laughs> With Winston, it's just wrong. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, have you been playing anything else? Have you? What, so nope. Where are you in your journey with Clash of 
clans, is it? Well, we uh, we lost a lot of players. Uh-oh. So right now... What do you um, mean by lost? Well, you see, people... You can open up the floodgates in a sense, and everybody who has the game on the planet can go, oh, there's someone's opening their clan, and so they just join. I mean, you have we have had people from Africa, we've had people from Poland, you know, and they all have to speak the same language. Oh, but, that's I mean, cool. We've had people from Russia, and it kind of the text types out like what they want. You're going, I don't know. I'm just going to donate. Oh, so you. they're not they're not speaking English. They're they're Some speaking in their don't. native language, yeah. and you're you're having to kind of figure. <laughs> yeah. Wow, they, right. should, they should have like a like a little like chat window charades thing, or yeah, know. they should. Um, but so, in one of the accounts, uh, we just lost a bunch of members. Either people kind of flaked out, or so you're saying that they actually like quit the clan. Yeah, they left. Yeah. So, how loyal? Because this game's been out for a while now. Right. I mean, it's been out for what, at least what four or five years. Yes. And so. If you if you give me a rough estimate of the ratio of um, how many players are just super loyal like you, um, well, I clan hop just a tad. So, um, in my other account, at least about five or six, maybe seven people have been loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we'll get some more people, and sometimes I mean, life happens, and sometimes people just have to concentrate more on work or school or figuring out something that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so they just stop playing. Uh, but you have a core group or a core team of people who you right. recognize, like their names pop up and right. you've been playing with them for however many years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but also, if you go into war with another clan, mm-hmm. you have to have so many people. And so if you have an off number, like no one really wants to do a small like five-person war, but they're all in like five-person increments. So you can either do a five versus five or a 10 versus 10 or a 15 versus 15. Okay. So... If we don't have like ten people opted in a war, we might. No one wants to do it, mm-hmm. so we have to wait until we get some more people in who aren't just going to like ask for troops and then leave, or they, they, we want them to stay for a little bit. Okay, jump right back into it. Now, have you seen any movies lately too, or not? I've seen two movies. You saw two movies. I did. And uh, which movies are those, Steve? Well, Russ. I saw... Inquiring minds want to know! <laughs> I saw X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, okay. What'd you think of that one? Two and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. And I, I... I was thinking a lot about this because I really do want to like the X-Men franchise. And I like the X-Men comics. But that series as a whole has been struggling. It has. I totally agree. Um, I mean, ever since the second one, mm-hmm. I would say the second one was good. That's the one with Nightcrawler in it. Yes, that one was actually decent. Yeah, and it's like, but that's where the series reached its peak, and then ever since then, it's kind of plateaued and like this small decline. And I mean, I, it seems like they're still trying with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I've been trying to grapple with thoughts of why is it struggling? Because Marvel, you know, Guardians did well, Avengers did well. But there's some series like X-Men or Hulk or, what was it, Fantastic Four, Five? Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them, like, just Fantastic Four was never really that good, in my opinion. Yeah, that was terrible. They they, they just keep missing the mark. And they haven't made any Hulk movies. Mm. Well, they made... Made three of them. They made, yeah, to start them off. But, I mean, nothing's continuing. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Marvel has, like, the perfect 
Well, okay. First of all, you have to understand that um, the X-Men movies are not being created by Marvel Studios. I believe it's Sony that owns them or Fox or there's a there's another studio entirely that back in the day before Marvel Studios was formed, you had different studios like Sony um, owns the Spider-Man license. They bought like the rights to be able to make Spider-Man movies. So like even though you saw the Marvel logo on there, like that whole license is, was bought by Sony. Now, what's interesting is and I think. I believe it's either Universal Studios or 20th Century Fox that has the X-Men uh, IP for, for making films. But what's interesting currently is Marvel Studios has been in talks with these other studios to be able to somehow work out something that's simpatico where they get a cut of the profits, right. but then Marvel Studios has creative license to be able to kind of take ownership back. And so that, that's kind of what you're seeing with Spider-Man Homecoming that's coming right. out this summer is that <clears throat> yep. Marvel Studios actually took the reins on that. However, Sony is getting some sort of kickback. kickback. Uh, I don't know what the percentages are, but you know, going back to X-Men, um, I totally agree. I think that when X-Men first started out, it was, it was right around that same time that the the first Spider-Man movie came out, and no one really knew like how to make a comic book movie. They were still very much in the prototype stage. They're, they're trying to figure out how we can make this appeal to the mainstream, all this different stuff. Also, a lot of the X-Men movies have been directed by the same director, Brian Singer. Brian Singer, right. And I like Brian Singer for a lot of the, the works that he's done, but I feel like there, there needs to be fresh blood for the series of X-Men. I feel like, like it's, it's the same thing as like, like with Michael Bay and transformers. It was like, you know, dark of the moon was kind of the, the redemption that Michael Bay did. And then he should have just stopped and had, you know, passed the torch on to a different director who could have a different type of vision. And I feel like that's the same situation with Brian Singer is that he just, it's almost like, like he's, he's kind of just, regurgitating a lot of the overarching central themes of the mutants and that sort of thing. And I just want to get past that uh, just because when I read X-Men, I kind of had a different interpretation of the story when I was reading it and just, just how they acted. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'd like to see Marvel studios be able to get their hands on it and see what they can do. But I think they're a little confused in which direction they want to take it. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at guardians, right? Guardians is a bunch of, nobodies in a sense but they're really funny and they took it at an angle which a lot of people could identify with right so good it's so good <laughs> uh you take the avengers avengers is also funny kind of but it's very charismatic mm-hmm. so x-men you have a bunch of no name well i wouldn't say no name small name actors right well they're not they're not small anymore they started out small, they started right? out small yeah. right but you look at what they're trying to. What what are they trying to mold here? What are they trying to shape? Because it's not right. it's not nearly as entertaining as the Avengers. They're still mutants and they're still superheroes and what have you. But they just can't get any traction. And I'm almost wondering if they can't do it under a PG thirteen rating. Maybe they maybe they need to go to R. I mean, these comic books weren't necessarily tame. Yeah, I personally, what I would like to see with that is. <clears throat> If they get away from the whole mutant versus human thing, I feel like that's been done to death. You know, it's, it, and that's kind of one of the the rinse cycles of the, the the Brian Singer vision is that there's this constant like, you know, the mutants versus the humans, and the mutants are a threat and all this kind of stuff. But I, you know, for me, like when I read X Men, I always read them 
with the idea that they were kind of this covert, almost special ops team, if you will. Where like, like they they operated in a way where where they they wanted to keep a small footprint. They weren't like out in the open as much as like in the Brian Singer films. And the focus was much more on the the mutants that decided to take more of a domination approach to humanity and that sort of thing. And and as a result, you had all kinds of fascinating villains. Because I mean, that, that, that was one of the biggest strengths of X-Men is you have both the, the heroes and the villains who are equally as fascinating. And, you know, whether it's Magneto or Mojo or Mr. Sinister, Mr. you know, Omega Red, it doesn't, doesn't matter who it is. There is more than enough canon there to be able yeah. villains. There's a plethora. Epi, do you know what the plethora is? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's something that I would like to see is to like have it be much more of that nature where, where we see a lot more of the tech with the mutants, a lot more of the background of the relationships and whatnot. I mean, just like, for instance... Having a film that that centers around Mister Sinister's obsession over Scott Summers and Jean Grey, right. you know that triangle yeah. relationship. Awesome, you can make a whole movie around that. Um, but I think too, the original cast from X Men is getting older and older. I mean, as we saw, um, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman yeah. has put up his claws. You know, like like he he had been uh, Wolverine for I think seventeen years. That's an awfully long time. And so I think we're, we're starting to see that where, and, and it makes sense. I actually like how they were doing like X-Men first class and they're introducing like this kind of next generation of, of actors to the characters and whatnot. And for the most part, I really like who they're, cho- they're choosing um, for certain roles. I would say 50% of the, of the roles I'm, I'm really happy with. The other 50% I'm kind of scratching my head and kind of like, eh. But yeah, I feel like it needs a, like an official reboot with a brand new vision something that uh, really focuses more along the uh, uh, the mutants themselves and not so much the human thing. I feel like like we've been there, done that. Let's move on. Right. <clears throat> I think they need to get into the backstory of the, the main core team as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the story? And you, you saw a little bit of the backstory with Storm and Cyclops and Jean Grey. But I mean a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tad. Yeah. But there's so many characters, it seems like they're just trying to fill it up with characters, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to show something new within the film instead of mainly sticking with the core group. I mean, Jubilee has been a young kid in the university almost every single film, and she's still a young kid. Like, when is she going to come out? You well, know? and we've, we haven't really been shown her backstory at all, right. like what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I, I would say Wolverine is the one mutant mm-hmm. that has really been given some TLC. And, it, you know, it makes sense. He's the most popular, arguably, um, X-Men out of all of them. I mean, right. he's basically like the Batman of X-Men. Yeah. One of my gripes with the film was that they took maybe a little bit of, I don't know how really to say it, um, creative privilege, I would say. And they took Storm and Psylocke, and they had them almost be a part of Apocalypse's crew, which... Uh, that's actually accurate. Uh, well, for a small smidgen. I mean, I looked it up. I went through, on all these comics, but I, I went through the history of it, and for a blip on the radar, that happened. But it, from all the time prior and all the time after, 
nothing. I mean, just like if you picked up one issue, you would have saw it. And that's it. I mean... Uh, it was probably longer than one issue, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, not much. Not <laughs> not much. I mean, literally, it said, okay, an issue, this, that, and the other. Like, you know, 143 back in 1956... You know, this person happened and it was like, and then it was against their will that they got abducted by Apocalypse and this and that. But it was literally like maybe three issues at the most. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the entire life of the comic, nah. <gasps> nah. So what was the other movie you saw? Okay. The other movie I saw, I believe you've seen it too, Russ. Mm-hmm. Interest is peaking. I saw Creed. Creed. Have I seen that? Well, it has to do with the Rocky series and Sylvester Stallone. It's the last chapter in the Rocky saga. Oh. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Came out a little while ago, but uh, I liked it. I um, I, I do like the Rocky series. Uh, some of the, of the films stuttered a bit as far as their popularity uh but i think this was a proper way to close up the saga oh yeah um i mean the whole thing came full circle well i liked how they were able to get um a couple of the the main characters back into the film too right. they're they're a whole lot older now but it was still yeah. great to see them and i liked how they just really attached it to the 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 previous films i mean i would say Rocky one, two, and three were all solid. Right. I think I think you start to kind of stumble a bit after that, but yeah. But I I like the character of Rocky. He's he's like that the the big strong, almost 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 silent. I'm trying to say something. (laughs) He's like the he's like the the strong silent type. Although he's not so silent, but he's not out there making friends and having parties and whatever. He lives this pretty quiet, humble life. <sighs> so, and and pretty much he wants to stay out of the public guy. Like he had his little legacy, yeah, and he had his time in the light, and now he wants to be out of the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the the relationship he had with Creed's son. I'm glad they didn't kind of overdo uh, the bad boy nature in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad they didn't go too far with Stallone's um, like motivational speeches. Like he, he's in some of his recent films, he's, he's had these motivational little bits in his movies, which are scripted well, but it's just, okay, I'm watching a Stallone movie at some point, you know, three quarters through it. He's going to have this monologue where he's going to inspire the audience and inspire whoever he's, he's talking to. But I was with the thing with Rocky though, is that anytime that that comes up, I've always really liked it. He, it, it's, it wasn't terrible, but it's, it's just something you expect in the movie. Like you, you can. Well, that's uh, part of the Rocky Rocky formula. Yeah, but again, do something different. And with with Creed, they did. Uh, I I think they started to, but because he was so old now, I mean the first film was like 1976, the first Rocky. Yeah, no, yeah, it was so, back in the 70s. It's, t- it's 2017, so he's aged a bit mm-hmm. um, I'd say he aged quite nicely he aged quite nicely yeah. Botox will do that for you um, but 
he he did it in a way that was passing on wisdom instead of just trying to push somebody to do the right thing because it was the right thing. Um, and I thought that w- that it really worked with this film. I don't remember which Rocky film it was. It may have been Rocky Four, but yeah, I think he was talking to his son or something. But he he does that whole like, let me tell you something you already know. <laughs> the world is a mean, nasty place. I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your right. knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Yeah, that you, was me. Nobody is going to hit as hard as life, but it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you could take and keep moving forward. I love that. That whole thing was great. That was the film before this one. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, thought that was worth the price of admission right there, Steve. Uh, the fight scene. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I'm getting all kinds of excited over here. I, lo- I love me some... Ah, you did it again! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you just go? Just, just, just say when you get it off your mind, Russ. I just, the more you talk about it, I, I there's a special place in my heart for Rocky. I love me some Rocky. You know, me, oh, Mr. T was definitely uh, an intense movie. I remember as a kid watching that, and it was just like, oh my gosh, these like two titans are going at it, and it's just, it was just brutal. And like, I also loved how patriotic the Rocky films always are. You know, like he's wearing those. Uh, star-spangled, uh, sh- you know, boxing shorts and stuff. And just, it was, that was one of the cool things, once again, about being kid in the 80s. It was all about patriotism. Like, you were all about seeing that sort of thing in, in films of, of that time period. And I think that's honestly, I'm, I'm totally, gonna, I'm like in danger of totally digressing this. However. The train's off the rail. Like, ah, ah. Um, but yeah, I, it, that was something that was uh, kind of a endearing quality of the of the Rocky series. But anyway, back to you, Steve. There was a scene towards the end where uh, Creed's son is putting on his dad's boxing shorts, and throughout the rest of the film, uh, he's wanted to make his own name and not live under his his father's the name his father made. He wants to be successful on his own, and he gets his father's boxing shorts and of course the red white and blue and uh stallone says those are good colors mm. <laughs> i thought that was kind of i i liked it and i thought ah but for the most part i'm thinking you can't yes, help but love i know it. You, i know no i know way you can shun that right um the final scene or not the final scene but the the, the the major fight scene was not nearly as intense or climactic as as the rocky fight scenes before I, I did think he was going to um, cut his eyelid. Uh-huh. Uh, just because that happened in the first film. He's like, oh, cut me. Yeah, cut yeah. me, Mick. You know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to happen because his eyelid was like total puffed out. Right, right. So that didn't happen. Um, but I like the chemistry between uh, both uh, Creed Jr. and Rocky and Creed Jr. and his love interest. I thought mm. they, they played off. And the three of them played off very well. Mm-hmm. Um. I was expecting this big workout montage uh, because, you know, in all the Rocky films, you see him doing a bunch of real big workouts. Uh, you know, if, if he's doing uh, horizontal sit-ups kind of deal, you know, he's totally bulging out muscle yeah, type, you know. Yeah. And this kid was fit, but, he, you know, he didn't do much more than, you know, kind of just do heavy jump roping and jogging and boxing. And that was kind of it. I'm like, eh, you know, I get it. He's not Rocky, but at the same time, you know, 
uh, that would have been nice to see. Sure, but sure. I, I, I did. It was a, it was a good film to uh, wrap up the saga. And if anybody's a Rocky fan and hadn't seen it, I would definitely suggest going out and seeing it. Yes, that was definitely a, a just a I would say a four star movie right there. Plus, even I mean, let it, me interrupt you again, Steve. I'm sorry. I cannot help when I watch one of those movies but start chanting Rocky Rocky like you know how the audience like the crowd starts to right. do it and he's just beaten to a pulp he's like and he starts like you know coming back like well, you, you may, can't help but root for the guy you may chant I'm the one going ba ba da ba 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 da ba 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 da ba and um are you bouncing up and down like running up some stairs and like <laughs> 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 And I was hoping they would do that at the credits because the the film before they showed a bunch of fans run up the steps at the yeah. end with that memorial yeah. and they were all you know doing the whole Rocky thing. I'll have to watch the movie again. I haven't seen it in a few years, but yeah, I remember really liking it. I also like too how um if you notice, like in each one of the Rocky films, there's kind of a an, a, a purpose to the fight, kind of the the, the I don't know, more of the, the romanticized metaphor of the whole reason why he's in the ring. Right. And he talked about it in the film about how, like, you know, still got the fire in your belly. Let's do that. And um, I, uh, I liked how in the film, it wasn't like he made this miraculous um, bout of a boxing match or anything like that, but it was focusing more on the fact that, like, he still had the courage to step into the ring at his age. Right. And I like that. Like it, it was cool because it just it really, I don't know. It it um, was this fresh new perspective on life that I don't know. It, it was interesting. Like like in the first film, the first Rocky, he actually lost the match, but he won his true love, right? Which was just awesome. And then the second one, he finally did beat Apollo, and you know was able to to make that that um, that accomplishment for himself, be able to prove that, that he could win the title. But then in the third one, it talks about how, you know, that can easily be just taken away from you and how people can protect you, you know, like how Mick was doing. Right. Um, I just love that. I love it. And then, of course, the, the fourth one was like, I think it was the Russian one at that point. Um, and that was, you know, of course, tapping into the whole Cold War yeah, yeah. You know, scenario, that sort of thing. Well, it also shows that you don't, you can go toe-to-toe with the best and you don't have to like push the best off the mountain to become the best or make a name for yourself. Sure. You yeah. know, you can just show that you're, you have this, you're made up of the same stuff, the, the same gull mm-hmm. and which that kid did. I mean, he was a nobody with hardly any money. And then he went to the, the champion boxer mm-hmm. and showed he can go 12 rounds and still stand on his feet. Yeah. You maybe go a little longer if the round was longer. Well, and I like too how, um, what, what was the, um, the other boxer's name in the film? Oh, it was like uh, Coleman or something like that. I liked how there came a point where he realized that Rocky was really in it as long as he could. Like, like he kind of went in there thinking, like, yeah, this is some old man. This is a PR stunt, whatever. And at the end of it, it was like he had straight up respect for Rocky, despite the fact that you know he was he was not at a physical condition. Uh, as where he was being a young buck, um, but right. I, and again, I re- I just really appreciated that. That was the movie before. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was the movie before. But still, I, I totally agree, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I must be getting those two those two mixed up then. Um, 
Well, cool. For me, I haven't watched any films. However, I, along with the wife, um, we have resumed Vikings, which we were fans of. We started watching that TV show back when it first started. And then uh, once we had our daughter, then we had to kind of take a back seat just because we just never had time to really sit down. We were always doing something. And so finally, we're like, you know what? Let's resume this. And so we're back into season three. And we actually kind of forgot about what was going on. So we we watched a, a couple of episodes beforehand to kind of get ourselves back up to speed. And now we're back into it and loving it. So I know that we're a little behind. I, I think um, they have season four on Amazon Prime as well. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm having fun with it. My wife loves her some uh, some Ragnar. Every time he's on screen, she's... Are you Ragnar! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was... What should we name our son? Ragnar! <laughs> and he'll rape and pillage and everything will be great. Um, so, that yeah, we've been watching that. On the gaming side of things, I've been kind of bouncing all over the place. You have. I am still making my way through Halo 5. I will admit that the farther I get into the single-player campaign, the story is improving, although I will say it's not. It's not still not at the caliber of what I'm used to for, for Halo games. But, I, you know, I'll take what I can get. Still going through it. Um, also still making my way through Quantum Break and enjoying that as well. I also... what have I been, Oh, well, of course, then there's... Going back to good old Overwatch. Overwatch. Uh, the crack that is Overwatch. The thing with Overwatch is, man, I don't know if I'm getting worse or other people are just constantly improving, but I find that uh, the last couple of nights we've been playing, man, I've just been getting my tail kicked. Like, like I'll, I'll have like spurts, like these moments of like awesomeness, and then the rest of it's kind of like, what the heck is going on? Uh, I think that's that it goes back and forth because there's some nights where we play and it's just it's unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, we just plow through everybody and move the payload right along and finish it right up or get the flag and score and whatever, get the whatever. Freaking flag! Uh, but I mean, I've noticed that in Clash Royale also, where I'm just completely unstoppable. I, I'm laughing at people going, this is so easy. And then there's times where I can't do a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think, why am I even playing the game? Yeah. Why am I even playing the game? Yeah. Yeah. But then we keep coming back from work because then all of a sudden you sit down and you're like, what game <laughs> yeah. do I want to play? I need my fix. I want to play Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've still been enjoying it. There was that one that we did last night where... I thought we were going to have a draw of some sort. And that, and that player who was Winston came out of nowhere and was able to just, just to snag the flag, bring it back for a win during like overtime. It was just the very last second. And I just, uh, I uttered some cuss words, but uh, I, some French. Uh, yes. Some of, some of them are on lines of freak, but it was not frick. It was something else. Um, but yeah, having fun with that. So I'm going to jump into some house cleaning updates. For you and for the listeners. So I made a mistake when I was talking about our good old friend, Brad. Oh, good job. So the last time we were talking about his gamer score, it was 132,000, but I was mistaken. So actually, 
it's above 186,000. Well, it might have been what you said it was when you said it was. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, and actually, technically, I believe the last time I checked it, which I probably should just check it again, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's 186,606. Now, I will toot my tiny little horn here and uh, say that in my situation, I have surpassed 33,000. So, nice. Y- you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, but before uh, when I had to take that hiatus, being a dad and everything else, my gamer score was around 28,000. So, you know, But, uh, you know, soon I can do. Keep going. I'm moving right along. No, no. My goal, <laughs> let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is I would like to be able to somehow hit 50,000 by the end of this year. The end of this year. We'll see how it goes. So, good luck with that. <clears throat> I will. I will give it my all. So, um, a piece of exciting news. Oh, boy. Is that Steve? What? We actually do have people listening. What? That's right. That's right. I was looking at some of the stats, and we have about 40 unique IPs who are who are tuning in to our show, man, and to our show. Righteous. I don't know about you, but that... Uh, Bossa Nova. That pulls at the old heartstrings. I gotta, I gotta use tissue here, Russ, if you need it. Oh, I, I, I hope it's crusty. <laughs> it's a little dusty. It's in my pocket. Oh, make me go at you. <laughs> well, don't go at you too much because that'll go right in my face. <laughs> sitting right across from you. So yeah, I, I just want to give everybody who is listening those those forty people a very heartfelt thank you. That really means a lot um, from both of us. I mean, just wow. Like, like that's. I mean, hey. We have people listening to us, man. I mean, that's that's really cool. It's right? freaking awesome. At least giving us a chance, right? I mean, right. Those are 40 chances. 40 awesome people. <laughs> <laughs> and growing. Uh, making a heart shape right now. Uh, so anyway, thanks a lot for that. Um, and of course, with us getting onto social media, I just want to throw in some plugs here. You can find us on Twitter at TV. You can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash joygasmatv. And I just got us signed up for SoundCloud. So you can find us on soundcloud.com slash joygasmatv. So the, it's just, uh, when I get, get the time, I can, I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're spreading out. We're spreading out. We're, we're kind of, you know, we're stretching. Good job, Russ. See what we can do, you know. Let me extend my heartfelt thanks mm-hmm. for all of your work. Oh, hey, you know, I do it with a smile. I do it with a smile. So... No, I'm past that. Let me see. Let's see what else we... You know what? What? Let's get into some gaming news. How about that? Okay. <laughs> so, the uh, the first order of biznatch is Forza Horizon 3, Steve. I love Forza Horizon 3. Forza Horizon. I don't think we've actually talked about that game on this show yet. No. I do believe it is time. So... Have you seen that there is new DLC for Forza Horizon 3, Steve? I saw there was the Porsche pack. Oh, there's something new. There's more. They just released, I believe it was yesterday, Forza Horizon 3 Hot Wheels Edition. Oh, yeah, I did see that. You did see it. Okay. 
I've downloaded it already. I have not played it. It's something that I, that after we get done doing this podcast, we're going to have to sit down on the couch and uh, give it a whirl. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, did you see the trailer? <laughs> I don't recall. I, I don't think I did. Okay. Uh, the the trailer is really cool. Like like it has the the classic right track, like the orange plasticky looking track, yeah. and you have all the the vehicles, and, and you're doing like loop de loops, yeah, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. So I'm curious to see if it's going to affect what I've come to expect from a Horizon game, which typically Forza Horizon you drive anywhere you want, whereas this is going to go back to kind of being on rails again. But I don't know. I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm actually is it a free DLC or does it cost something? Right? Well, for me, I got the um, the VIP edition of the the game. Oh, aren't you special? Uh, I uh, my mama always told me I was special, and I think as a result, it carries into that. It's because I didn't have to pay for it. It just said, "Do you want to install?" Mm. I said, "Yeah." You know what? As a matter of fact, I do. Nice. I will pick a resounding hell yeah. Can I add something about Forza? You sure? Since may. we haven't ever talked about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm a car guy. I like cars, Russ. I do. Now, one gripe that I've had. I'm critical. I don't mean to sound negative, but one gripe that I've had with many racing games Mm. is the sound. Oh. Because, you know, I know everyone's working with the technology at the time Mm -hmm. or the space they have to, you know, make the game, you know, whatever. I don't really know all the ins and outs of it, but I do know how cars sound. Mm. I've worked on Porsches, Ferraris, you know, you own an Infiniti, I own a Nissan, very particular exhaust. Have you worked on any Lamborghinis, Steve? No, but I've oh, ri- I've, I, I, I have ridden. So them. you don't know I what have, a Lamborghini sounds like. I do. I've I have ridden in a Gallardo. I will t- Gallardo Spider. Hmm. Did you have to give that person any special favors in order to ride in there, Steve? No. So many games like Gran Turismo, or you know, pick something Need for Speed. Uh, by and large. The exhaust and the engine and on the motor, it all kind of just kind of blends the same. Like once you upgrade to a certain transmission or forced induction or whatever you're going to do, it all sounds the same. And I'm thinking, I know how my car sounds because I, own, I drive the thing every day, you know. And Nissan knows how it sounds because they use the exhaust in like six different models. So, but when you play the game and you think, oh, I like that car, I see it on the road, or I have that car, and you drive and you go, this doesn't, this sounds nothing like the car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, for me, it's a drawback. And driving on the same tracks, like in every single game. I'd be curious to know if you play, have you played the game on like a 5.1 or 7.1 stereo, not stereo, but uh, audio setup? No, I want to. Because I'd be curious if it would have any... Um, bearing on the, how the sound quality is oh. or accuracy. Um, I mean, I, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because you know that, that they, they have Foley artists go out and they're like with the cars. They're, I do. they're doing all the, I know. the actual authentic I recordings I, of the vehicles. There's some loss though. But when even if you did have a 5.1 system, it wouldn't really matter hmm. because 80% of the sound comes from the front two speakers yeah. or from the front three speakers if you have a center channel. Uh-huh. So already you're getting 80% of the sound that whatever they've programmed into the game. 
only 20% comes from the rear fill. Mm -hmm. So even if you have two decent speakers and a good receiver, which, I mean, I'm I'm not going to, you know, I don't have very good speakers, but I mean, I have a decent receiver. Sure. And turned it up pretty loud and it's still just, is marginal at best. Okay. Fair enough. That's my two cents. Well, maybe when the next Forza game comes out, they'll uh, they'll have some sounds that no, no, all of a sudden will. But I'm saying Forza the Forza Horizon Three uh-huh. is fantastic sound. Oh, it's, it's been like oh, okay. uh, since everything before that game. Yeah, yeah. Was like only so so. So Forza Three was the one Forza, where you uh, you s- yeah. sat up and took notice. Yes. Like, oh wow. Okay. Yes. Not only with the open world platform and and design tracks and um, that game is so good. It's so good. It's such a great driving yeah. game. Yeah. I. I... Every time I put that game in, I'm thinking, man, they did so good. I honestly don't know how they're going to top that game with the next Horizon game. I just, I have no idea. Well, as long as I keep bringing out decent DLC, then they might uh, It's just have the time to make, make the second one even better. Yeah. Or, the, or the next one, excuse me. So moving right along, uh, let's go in back. <laughs> and you thought we were done talking about it, but we could talk <laughs> about this game all day long. <gasps> Overwatch. Um, they're in the the news apparently Overwatch has become Activision slash Blizzard's eighth billion dollar franchise so out of Activision and Blizzard combined together you know like Call of Duty and so on and so forth um, and under a year Overwatch has generated over one billion dollars man that's under a year dude wow that's I see these stats that come out, and it was actually part of their financial report, uh, you know, for their their stockholders and whatnot. They have a stock. Oh yeah. What's the what's the what's the ticker, Russ? The ticker, I believe, <clears throat> is ACTVI or something like that. I think there's it's more of a focus on the Activision partnership. Oh, I'll look, at, I'll look it up later, but, yeah. but I think it's like ATVI or ACTVI. Something like that. But it's, <laughs> as we go into the stock market, ah, Chad. You're right. ATVI, Activision Blizzard. Oh, there you go. Yeah, if you take a gander at that. Actually, their stock um, has been on the up and up, and it just makes sense because they're just a powerhouse of a partnership there. See that? It's a, it's a good chart right there, bud. Yep. Uh, ooh, ooh, that's ooh. a month worth right there. Yep. Yep. Good grief. So, side note, if you invested back on February 13th this year, you would have made a solid 22%. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, that's when I keep wanting to invest in. And, and <laughs> it's just, whenever I'm look, checking my stocks, I'm like, ah, there was one stock I wanted to invest in. I don't remember. And it's just a, a vicious cycle. So, anyway, uh, another part of Overwatch that I wanted to kind of talk about is... You're you're familiar with the new Diva skin, which is that, yeah. that kind of uh, that police little, oriented yeah. right. skin. So the way that Blizzard has had this set up is you have to play Heroes of the Storm in order to unlock that skin for Overwatch. Because in Heroes of the Storm, they've they've introduced Overwatch characters, and Heroes of the Storm, ha- you know, they they include all the different characters from the different various Blizzard IPs, that sort of thing. Um. What's interesting, and actually I have a direct quote that I will bring up while I'm talking about this, is there has been kind of a a cry from the console gaming community over how 
this is being handled by Blizzard. Because if you recall, Genji has this badass costume, the skin. That's like, I think it's called like the Oni skin, but it's that one right. legendary skin. Right. It just looks yeah. amazing. However, you have to play the PC game of Heroes of the Storm in order to unlock it. And it was really interesting to think about, but also just read in the forums too, how there is this kind of outcry where it's like, well, we understand what Blizzard's doing. We, we, we get the fact that they're trying to motivate gamers to try out some of their other games. In this case, it's Heroes of the Storm. But it's kind of, I wouldn't go so far as to say like like treating console gamers as second-class citizens, but it's more about just, it's a, to me, it's a flawed approach because in this day and age, a lot of people don't, you know, who are console gamers, they don't have game-ready PCs. In fact, a lot of folks are going away from PCs. They may have a laptop, but that laptop doesn't necessarily, you know, unless it's it's you know built from the ground up to play games, it's not going to be able to handle the graphic powerhouse of something like Overwatch with all the options turned up to maximum and all that sort, sort of thing. So a good way of looking at it would be, you know, if you were to flip it around to the other side, let's say, for instance, there are uh, um, certain skins that get released on the console version. And let's say they have, you have PC gamers, because there are PC gamers out there that don't own an Xbox One, that do not own a PS4. And and in order for them to get that skin, that, that cool skin they want, oh, well, then you're going to have to go out and buy an Xbox One or PS4, in which case that's going to run you about 300 bucks, and buy the game of whatever game that is. And it may not be a game that you're interested in. Like, like let's say, for instance, like, um. Oh, you have to to play StarCraft, or you know, StarCraft is probably a bad idea or a bad example of it. But something along those lines, where like you're forcing them to have to buy other um, hardware and and software in order to play the game, when all you want to do is just own that skin. Right. Yeah. So the cool thing is, is there has been a response, and I'm I'm not actually sure who said this, but it's someone from Blizzard, and they said, we completely understand that there are some players who do not own or have access to a PC to play Heroes of the Storm. Because of this, we plan to add both the Oni Genji skin and the Officer Diva skin to the normal base Overwatch loot box at some point in the future. With that said, I still encourage anyone with access to a PC to play the Nexus Challenge. Heroes of the Storm is an amazing game, and you'll unlock those skins for free and before anyone else. So the cool thing about that is, is that Blizzard is now saying that those skins, such as the Diva one and the Genji one, will eventually become available to try and, and score in the basic Overwatch loot boxes that you earn, which I think is cool. Like, that's honestly, that's what I would have liked to have seen from the start, because I, I would love to be able to earn my way up to being either able to purchase that with the, the in-game credits or be able to randomly be able to get it through a loot box itself. I've always felt like that was kind of one of the very, very few flies in the ointment from a gaming perspective. So I'm not, I wasn't sure if you had heard about that or not. I haven't. <clears throat> so definitely something that's uh, pretty sweet. Moving right along, Steve. I say let's ping pong and pivot, although not necessarily in that order. Over to movies. All right. Going back to Old Faithful, a.k.a. Star Wars. I was curious about May 4th. I know that we didn't get a chance to really talk about this on our last episode because we were all going gaga for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dose. But I was kind of surprised how there wasn't any kind of 
new tantalizing tidbits from Disney on May the 4th. Because they don't care, Rush. <laughs> they don't care about May the 4th, Revenge of the 5th. I'm just, I'm just, oh, the, nicely ah, done. You like yeah, that? I almost passed by that and uh, didn't say anything, but that was good. No, I, um, I was surprised by that. I saw that there were a few different companies who offer merchandise who have the license of Star Wars and they kind of said, hey, you know, happy May 4th, go buy our stuff. But I was just kind of surprised that there wasn't any trailer or concept art or just something that would kind of allow them to say, hey, you know, we we know it's May the Fourth, and since everyone you know loves kind of saying May the Fourth be with you and stuff, here you know let's just let's just pander a bit. Have they said May the Force be with you in Rogue One or The Force Awakens? Uh... off the top of my cranium, I don't believe they have. The Force Awakens. They may maybe, but I mean, I think Han Solo said it to who? No, who was using the force? No one was really using the force except for Ray. I'm not going to commit to that. I'm going to have to do a little background research. But but what are you getting at? Because we're talking about May the Fourth. Because May the Force be with you was pre Disney. Right now is post Disney, or I don't know what the word. It's we're at Disney Times right now with Star Wars. Yeah. And so they haven't scripted May the Force Be With You. You know they're gonna say it. At some point, maybe, but not up, to, up until now. They haven't done anything with it. Before I think then, you it was might just be mistaken. I think so, that, I, I it's think just an idea. Sweet. It's just an idea. I got you thinking though, didn't I? No. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Anyway. Another little fun fact is that Kylo Ren's last Jedi TIE fighter was accidentally revealed, which I thought was kind of funny. I did take a peek, not a long peek, but just a quick peek because I wanted to see what was going on. Uh, but I thought it was really cool to kind of see yeah, a little something-something. At least we know now that Kylo Ren does, in fact, get his very own TIE fighter. Which, if you think about you know, the classic Star Wars lore, you know, Darth Vader had his, his very own TIE fighter, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, worth worth noting. Little store that away. Uh, when we go to uh, Logan, so I want you to know, Steve, that I looked into trying to get tickets to take you to go see the black and white mm-hmm. rendition of Logan, and unfortunately, I failed. I think you're lying. I <laughs> did not know that it was for one night only. I thought it was going to be out for like a couple of weeks or something like it was a limited time engagement. No, it was for one night. So I apologize. We're just going to have to watch it when it comes out on Blu-ray or just download it from Amazon or something. You're going to have to wait that much longer. Well, the rate at which movies are coming out to rent or DVD Blu-ray, it's probably going to be about three months. Mm. I can wait three months. I'm a very patient man. I know you are. That's right. You're patient, and yet you're not patient. (laughs) Moving right along. You like Hellboy, Steve? Eh. I'm going to take him or leave him. Oh. I know. I'm I'm being real. I know. Hey, you want me to be fake, or you want me to be real? I I could take him or I can leave him. Eh. I'm, Eh. I'm surprised. 
I'm really surprised. Hellboy. Did you did you see both films? I saw the first one. I don't think I saw the second one. Man, what? Okay, I personally am a big fan of Hell of the Hellboy series from Guillermo del Toro. I know. Did I tell you that I met him? You did. Well, I'll, they don't know, and I'm gonna tell them. <laughs> So yeah, I, uh, when I was at Comic Con, I was able to get a win- winning ticket from a raffle and be able to say hi, shake hands, rub elbows with uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro as well as Ron Perlman. And it was actually it wasn't for the Hellboy movie; it was back when Pacific Rim was being promoted. And so actually, the the other main cast members were there, and so it was fun. You know, we they were autographing. Uh, just the, the Pacific Rim poster and whatnot. And I actually had asked him at the time, both him and Ron Perlman. By the way, Ron Perlman, his hands are huge. I remember you saying that. I mean, he, he like, I shook his hand and my hand just completely disappeared into that huge bear paw known as Ron Perlman's hand. Anyway, both he and Guillermo were very gracious, really cool people. And I asked him if there was any plans for a Hellboy 3 and they were very much w- w- desiring to have the go-ahead for that. But, of course, they weren't promoting that movie at that point in time. Unfortunately, the bad news is is that it sounds as though they will not be able to do Hellboy 3, that the comic book artist Mike Mignola has just revealed that good old Red is getting a reboot. They're rebooting the franchise, so it's going to have a a different director and a different leading role. So... I don't know how to feel. I'm a little bittersweet. I wanted to see them be able to finish out their trilogy because I, I personally am a huge fan of of, the, of their vision. I, I thought it was really entertained, and it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, oh, okay. So. <sighs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you are so heartless sometimes. <laughs> um, going back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, there is a fun little tidbit I noticed that um, uh, Kurt Russell was being interviewed by IGN and they were talking specifically about the the sequence when Kurt Russell was younger and he was, you know, back in like 1980 or whatever it was and he was driving in that car with Star-Lord's mom. Apparently, they did not use CGI for that at all. This is according to Kurt Russell. He said that there is some makeup artist who he's worked with on other films in the past and who did just just this astounding job to make him look really young. Filled in the cracks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Patched a few tires, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he... um, I... I did notice that he did kind of mumble a little bit on the side, like, eh, well, they did look like a little bit here and there, but that was, there was, it wasn't a big deal. So it was, it was something I thought was like, oh, okay. I could have sworn they did CG. I would say if I were to believe everything that Kurt Russell said, they probably did some motion tracking of his face so they so it allowed them to kind of like you said like smooth out the wrinkles you know youthify him a bit that sort of thing not to be confused with euthanize that would be terrible <laughs> <laughs> got to call his agent back up that was terrible um anyway i thought that was pretty interesting do you have any interest in uh, seeing that or 
No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the by, when we were talking about um, our review or discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. Remember how we got into the subject of how you were confused at, <laughs> you were confused about why Star-Lord couldn't create one of those those breathing shield yeah. apparatuses, okay? Right. Okay. Well. Well. I'm here to set it straight uh, for you. Okay, Steve. let's hear it. Put okay. it on me. Once again, talking to our dear old friend Brad. Wow. He who by the way is a loyal listener. <clears throat> We love you here, Bradley. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) You're real pal, Brad. He was very astute in saying that Star-Lord could not use his powers to save Yondu because he had killed his dad. And if you recall in the film, his dad, when when Star-Lord was on the verge of taking him out, said, if you kill me, you'll be just like everybody else. And which Star Wars, oh, Star Wars, Star Lord said, and what's so wrong with that? So what happened was he killed his dad and he was no longer imbued with the celestial powers. Boom! Uh, it all makes sense. There it is. Whoop! There it is. Uh, I, I, okay. So yeah, I remember them saying that in the, in the movie, but at the same time, he had it before they met. And Ego just said, you can do this and this is how you do it. Here, concentrate and again, you'll reach down deep and get all this emotion. And then, it, so he already had it. He didn't go, kaboosh, abracadabra, and then now you have the power. He didn't bestow the powers upon him. No, he always had the power, but the point was is that we were, we were trying to figure out why he couldn't have saved Yondu with his powers. And the uh-huh. point was is because he had killed, he had just killed his father. So right. he no longer had the power. How does killing his father remove the powers from him? Because they were connected. The whole celestial thing. Like he, think of it like a network. Like he was, as a result, like that, that, that was how he was able to have those powers. He didn't realize he had them, but then his dad showed him. Well, wrapped it up quite nicely. I guess we'll have to wait for the third movie. They already they were making a third movie, I hope you know. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see about that, Russ. Oh, the global haul so far for that film, for both domestic and international, mm-hmm. is at $427.6 million. And Japan has yet to have it. So apparently it's, it's scheduled to open up into that market next weekend. So that's going to be another bump. Mm-hmm. In yeah. another week or so, the sequel will beat the $774 million that was set from the first Guardian. So, I mean, that gives you an idea of just people how like popular it is. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people love it. Um, and people are, are guesstimating that it has potential to be able to breach $1 billion by the end of its run. That's like mm. before That's all the merchandise, like Blu-ray there. version, all that kind of stuff. You know what? I was thinking, which is... That must have hurt. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Remember in the first Guardians, how, uh, where did they go? They were going to the collector's uh, little spot. Uh-huh. And it was in the head of a celestial. Remember, it was floating out there in, in space. Wait, which part is this? This is in the first movie. No, but describe it. 
they they went to the collector to give them him this little uh, okay. the the ah, the stone, right? Yeah. And the collector's little office was in the head of a celestial. The Infinity Stone. The yeah. Infinity Stone, right. Yep. So, but they, they turned the celestial's head into a space station. And that was the, and then remember they were mining for all the tissues and the, in the. Well, I don't think that was a celestial. I think that was, wasn't that a. It was the head of a celestial. Are you thinking, are you talking about Sentinel? No. It was the head of a celestial. Go back and watch the first movie. I'm going to have to watch this movie again. But they would make sense because when they, when Groot was wandering down there to, to blow up the brain, there's a brain in there and <laughs> <laughs> there's a freaking brain in there and there was a brain in other like celestial stuff because that's where they, they were mining in, in this head to remove all the, the juices and membranes and stuff because they were like harnessing it for energy and power uh, okay. and minerals and, and resources and whatnot. Yeah. So that's all kind of made sense why the brain was there. Okay. Interesting. Moving right along, Blade Runner 2049. Have you seen the posters that have been revealed for it? Let's see here. I have them right here. Let's take a little gander at this here. Where is it, Ryan? I'm looking. Just give me a second here. It's a... What? Oh, no. Again? Good grief. No, we don't need to look at that. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... Oh. Oh, here we go. Click on where it says There you images. go. Okay. So here's one of them. That's the one with Harrison Ford. And then the second one is uh, with Ryan Gosling. Right. I like them both. I think they're super sweet. Yeah. I like the Gosling one better. Gosling one is real striking. Has that that kind of uh, monochromatic. Futuristic edge. Yeah. Stark contrast. But even the Harrison Ford one, I mean, like, that's also, well, it, I mean, it grabs your attention. You're like, whoa. Yeah, but they kind of have to be back to back for you to under, kind of understand what's what's what. I mean, if you just, if you didn't know about Blade Runner back in the day, then you wouldn't really understand what that poster really signifies. Yeah, but I mean, but the fans of Blade Runner, I mean, they're they're going to eat that up. That's that's classic Blade Runner right there. That's good. Right? And actually, I think if you had them both side by side, I think they'd look really nice together. That's what I just said. Oh, I mean, by back to back, I mean like butted up together. Oh, or like, you know, oh, if, oh. if you could see both, you know, okay. front to back. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you meant like like printing it so it's like a double-sided poster or something. I was like, well, okay. Hmm. It's good to see that we're in a roundabout way seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Or mind to mind. Oh. Or perhaps even a mind's eye. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, and have you seen the trailer? Yes, I have. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. It, Have uh, you seen the first Blade Runner? Yeah, I, I saw it a while ago. I mean, I was in... I, uh, I think I saw it back in 96, 97, 1997. Okay. It was a yeah. while ago. I'm excited for it. I, You know what's interesting? I, What's interesting, Russ? I haven't been... I'm going to tell you. I haven't been the biggest uh, Ryan Gosling fan. But after I saw... The, Don't lie to me. I, you saw The Notebook. 
never saw the I'm notebook. Not, okay. I'm just saying. Okay, go. <laughs> After seeing the big short, I was like duly impressed. Duly. Well, the big short was a good movie. It was a good movie, but I mean, his character in particular, I was like, man, like I, I didn't really, I'm not too familiar with, with a lot of the, his other works, but after seeing that, it kind of just stuck with me. And so as a result, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does in Blade Runner. I have high hopes for Blade Runner. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, they're, they're able to, to recapture the u- uniqueness of, of what made the original Blade Runner just so memorable. We're going to have to watch Blade Runner, the first one. Before we go see it in that theater. Oh, yeah. I have it. Well, we, we can definitely watch it. Bro date! <laughs> Bro date. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's about all we have for today. I want to thank you guys for listening in to us as uh, we conclude episode four. And once again, just want to make, it sh- make sure if you guys have any comments or feedback, constructive criticisms, that sort of thing. Or if you just want to tell us that we suck. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach uh, us uh, on Twitter at Joygasm TV. You can also reach us at facebook.com slash TV. And for those of you who don't want to listen to us uh, or can't find us on Google Play or on um, uh, the iTunes podcast, we are now also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash TV. So until next time, happy gaming. And cheers.